Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 152. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help. I got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. Were, were you just playing drums? I was. Okay, I thought I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, and by the way, we got the right theme music this week. How do you like that? We do, yeah. I feel back at home. It's almost like after 152 episodes, I remember what button to push. <laughs> well, you know, it's muscle memory. Sometimes you you, you may have been thinking you know, family from the heart and something. I don't have a lot of heart, Cliff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. The iPhone for Verizon? What? What? Can you hear, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Exactly. And of course, we are also going to talk about iPhone, iOS, and actually, well, we're just going to talk about iOS 4.3 and some of the things that are possibly coming up there, some other news, and we've got lots of of your I feedback. I saw that this morning. I was like, wow. Wow. It's like people like us now. It's crazy. It's awesome. Hey, uh, some exciting uh, things are happening here at gspn.tv. And uh, if anybody's listening to this and you are either a gspn.tv plus member or you're not a gspn.tv plus member, you might be interested in listening to episode number 486 of pursuing a balanced life. I know pursuing a balanced life is not a podcast that may be of interest to to people who maybe typically only listen to our technology podcasting. But if you go to pursuingabalancedlife.com and listen to episode number 486, I think it would be something uh, interesting. If you've ever even considered plus membership uh, and you decided specifically not to uh, sign up for plus membership or if you are a plus member and, and stuff, like that, go go check out that episode. It's very important, and uh, I hope to have an official announcement to make uh, by this time next week on all of our shows. Yes. Exciting things happening. Have you been reading up on that, by the way, Chris? I have. Very cool. Yeah. Would you agree? I I haven't been commenting much, but I have been reading up on it. Would you agree that it's exciting news, or am I just blowing it out of the the water here? No, it's it's big news. It's big news. All right. So we'll we'll just leave it with that. Pursuingabalancedlife.com. And check out episode 486. Hey, Verizon iPhone. Is it really happening? I didn't watch the announcement. I, I just the unicorn is out of the stable. Well, it's 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 part of the unicorn because it's still not white, right? No, it's not white. <laughs> it's the it's the evil black unicorn. Wouldn't it be funny if Verizon uh, got the iPhone, but they only had the white model? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would be great. I, I would laugh. Uh, well okay i just laughed but but yeah but, i would but yeah verizon a quick like 30 minute uh press event on tuesday yeah came out brought tim cook out see the chief operating officer of apple and said yep verizon iphone's real uh pre-orders for existing customers start february 3rd for everybody else february 10th you can get it at a verizon store and at an apple store um, later next month and oh yeah we got uh wi-fi uh, hotspots built in Wi-Fi hotspot built in already now yep. now it's gonna be an extra charge of course because you know phone companies love charging you uh, more money for the data that you already pay for exactly even even though it's already limited 
They want to charge you more just for the ability to use it. It's like the water company charging you extra because you want to drink. You want to drink the water. Oh, right. you want to drink that? You don't want to wash your clothes in it. You want to drink it? But no, it's it's more like this. It's more like the water company comes in and they say, "Okay, how many faucets do you have in your house?" <laughs> you know, or it's going, we're going to going to we're going to go ahead. We're going to charge you for the amount of water that you use, and and we're, so so if you use more water, that's fine. But uh, you know, for each additional faucet, we're going to charge you fifteen dollars a month more. You go to a buffet and it's like, oh, you want a bigger plate? Yeah, it's going to cost you more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you get the point of our uh, frustration, but uh, <sighs> the rumor is the four point three is going to have that built in if it, the carrier if the carrier wants it to be enabled. Yeah, I th- I can't imagine why they wouldn't if they are going to charge extra money and the bandwidth is limited. Yeah, I exactly. can't imagine why you wouldn't want that as a carrier. You know, it's just extra money and no extra bandwidth. <laughs> so uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, big issue um, with this phone. Someone asked, you know, what happens if you're using, you know, if you're surfing the web and a call comes in and they said it's the same thing that happens with the CDMA phone, which means there's no data and voice simultaneously, which you which you would think, "Eh, I don't use it that much. I find myself using it a lot. I'm out and about somewhere. uh, You know, the wife calls or someone calls and I, you know, I have to look something up on Google real fast. You know, I can't do that on the other on on a Verizon iPhone. You know, I don't make very many phone calls on my phone at all. I mean, yeah. it, it just it just doesn't happen. Um, and when I am doing it, I don't find myself really with the need to do. It. I think I've probably said, you know, I've probably said, hold on a second, let me look, and I I put it on speakerphone and I go and browse something. But even then, I'm pretty sure what I was looking for was probably something either in my contact list or on my calendar. Which mm-hmm. which would be available even if I didn't have live access to the web. So right. I don't I don't know that that's really a huge downfall, but I can see how it would be for people who um, are out in the field. They're using the phone all the time, and they are consistently using it like a Bluetooth dongle or or their you know their earbuds with the mic mic in it and uh, accessing data live from the web uh, during their calls. So yeah, it could be a big issue for some people. And, you know, a couple other things. It's not LTE. You know, Apple's not going to go down that road probably for another year or, or later this summer just because, you know, <clears throat> the LTE chips right now use a lot, are a little more battery intensive than, than the, the, uh, the 3G stuff. Um, also, the Verizon uh, EVDO network, the, the 3G EVDO network, is not as fast as the HSPA, you know, the, the 3G network for for AT and T, yeah. As far as you know, download speeds and stuff like that. Well, the the question is whether or not people can make a phone call in San Francisco or New York City. Yeah, because those are the big those are the big places where where AT and T has a lot of trouble. Yeah. So yeah, if anything, I'm not real you know upset about it. You know, sometimes I do sound like I'm an AT and T fanboy. I, you know, personally, AT and T has been good to me. Um, they've been you know they they haven't really you know I I, I had some drop calls early on, but. As of lately, nothing. It's been rock solid. Every time I've had to call customer service for a question or whatever, been real helpful, real friendly. So, you know, I don't know. Have fun on Verizon. Um, you know, the, the grass isn't always greener. And, uh, you know, get off my net. Well, no, there you go. Move, <laughs> move on over, folks. Uh, step right over. Uh, so, yeah, no, no I, I'm, a, I'm completely cool with this uh, announcement, and I think it's a great opportunity. 
I have heard that the CDMA model uh, is not an exclusivity contract with uh, Verizon. So I've heard that the same model, and of course this could be hearsay, but I've heard that the same model could be used on, I don't know, what the Sprint network, they have CDMA, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they could. Uh, now, T-Mobile would require a different chip just because their 3G network is on a different frequency than than the 3G network of AT&T and pretty much everywhere, everywhere else in the world. So, gotcha. Hey, along with this, now, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of hearsay just because I've, I've been relying a lot on, uh, on, on Twitter for my news this week. I've been busy with some other things, such as mentioned in Podcast Answer, or Pursuing a Balanced Life, Episode 486. But anyway... Um, Verizon, uh, iPad, I hear is coming out now with, um, built in, you know, th- uh, 3G or b- built in connectivity, wireless connectivity. Yeah. The Dan, whatever his face is from Verizon kind of let leak after the event that, uh, yeah, the Verizon, yeah, we're going to have an iPad with our own, you know, CDMA technology inside. So you never know. There's other questions too, like you know, if iPhone five comes out, is Verizon going to get it day and date as the AT and T phone, or is AT and T going to have like an exclusive, like you know, first dibs for a few months? You know, the, the, there's a lot of phone manufacturers that do that. You know, where uh, a phone will come out. I remember they used to do that with the Razor, where the phone came out on on singular first right. for a few months, and then everybody else got it. So you know. Apple and AT&T could do that if AT&T throws enough money at them. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works I'm out. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying on AT&T for now. So. Yeah, I don't have any plans to move. Um, you know, just signed up Megan on our contract, and that's another two years. So. Yeah, it's... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm put where I am for two years, and I've not been dissatisfied with the exception of a couple... It's probably about a year or so ago. I was, I was a little unhappy when the 3GS first came out. Yeah, and, and Emily's... Um, yeah, her contract is, I think it's like six months to eight months different than mine too, so. Yeah. All right, um, iOS 4.3 beta is out, and tell us what, what you've heard here. There's all sorts of cool things in this beta. Uh, right. The first thing is all these multi-finger gestures. So, like, let's say you're in an app, right, and yep. you want to go to the home screen. You don't have to hit the home button. You take five fingers on your iPad, and you, you pinch all of them, and it, like, closes the app and goes back to the home screen, which is kind of cool. Um uh, Four fingers, if you if you move them up, opens up the little multi-use tray. And, you know, you can swipe through. Uh-huh. If you're in an app and you want to go to another app, like you know, in, in in the multi-function thing, you take four fingers and you swipe across, and it just goes to the next app. It's really really cool looking because it's super fast. You know, it just switches over, switches back, switches over. And what they're thinking is uh, that the iPhone and the iPad may not have a home button anymore. This may be. This may be the way it goes. It's just a screen, boom. And apparently, Steve wanted it that way from the beginning, and and they couldn't do it. And so, who knows? Hmm. But yeah, the, the the gestures. When I first read it, I'm like, I don't know about that. But then I watched a video of someone doing it, and it made total sense, and it looked great. Yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. I'll be honest with you, I don't like multi gestures myself. You know, I, my Magic Mouse supposedly has all that stuff built into it, and. And I still, well, the surface the surface of your mouse and the surface of your iPad are two different things. That's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. Now, what about you know? I I, I kind of like the the two button push for um, you know resetting your iPad when it's you know, when it's locked up or, or um, doing the screen capture and stuff like that. I wonder how they'll incorporate those features. Who knows? Uh, the other big thing is uh, AirPlay uh, is now enabled uh, to be used for third party apps, which is awesome. Because that's why I bought my Apple TV. 
<laughs> oh, so so you can actually send. Uh, yeah, they've, third party apps can send like Netflix and stuff to the TV. Yeah, Netflix, uh, MediaFly, all those companies can now enable their apps to to shoot video over to the Apple TV, which is huge. That is huge. That that is matter of fact. That almost remember we were talking about having apps on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. You almost don't need it anymore. Almost not. I mean, if there's a way to push a game to through AirPlay, that'd be sweet. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <clears throat> could you imagine? I mean, you could in in theory. You know, what, wait a second. I have a question for you. Sure. If you send something via AirPlay, is it as crazy and, and as stupid as when you do um, Keynote uh, on on an external display? Does it actually does it actually take it off of your iPad screen? Yeah, it does. Um, and uh, then it just puts controls on there, which is kind of cool. Oh, so, okay. So maybe they could do the same thing with games. Maybe they could put controls <clears throat> for the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I and put the game on the screen. The only, yeah, the, the only thing there is that there may be some latency or something. I'm not, you know, it's something we'll have to check. But yeah, uh, yeah it's cool, man. This is one of the reasons I got Apple TV, thinking it already did this and it didn't. So, you know, when you want to watch, you know, something like uh, MediaFly or something, you know, some live streams, you couldn't do it. Uh, where those who had Roku's can and I, I kind of felt a little little sore for that. But now, <clears throat> now it's good to go, man. So probably May or March is when we're going to see this. So. What, what about browsing the web? Would you be able to browse the web and, and send it to, you know, to um, AirPlay? I'm, I'm thinking in theory you could, but right now it's just limited to things, it, limited to QuickTime. So yeah. I would, but like they to could open that. this up. This could be the AirPlay could be the dark horse that, that really opens up the Apple TV to a bunch of other, other stuff. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's see here. I have uh, heard Father Roderick told me about this one. Actually, I heard um, Father Roderick's reaction to it. He's excited to hear that the possible, um, Cha- a possible change coming back is the iPad is going to bring the rotation lock back to the switch. Actually, you're going to have an option to which one, which thing you want. It's going to really? be a, yeah, it's going to be a setting. Wow. Uh, Steve, Steve said it wasn't going to happen, but it looks like it is. There's, there's, there's a setting, uh, inside the settings thingy, uh, on the iPad where you can choose, do you want it to be mute or do you want it to be rotation lock? Yep. So, so there you That's go, Cliff. Awesome. Worlds. exactly and and i want to share um i'm i'm with father Roderick guy actually and and everybody else out there now um i i was excited about the mute button i thought it was going to be pretty cool but the problem is it doesn't mute 60 percent of the stuff i wanted to mute yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy i still have to turn the stupid thing down now so yeah rotation lock for the win what so yeah i'm definitely going to go back to rotation lock because i still have to actually turn it down if it's playing music or if it's playing pandora Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only thing that thing that stupid thing uh muted was was like badge updates and and that, exactly it, 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 come on steve really get serious i mean if it's a mute button it's a mute button right turn off the speakers like like break the switch you know break the the circuit between the you know the the device and the speaker shut the thing off that's what mute buttons do ah anyway okay enough said <laughs> all right other news virgin mobile uh, those of us who actually purchased the you know very too good to be real uncontracted or okay without contract needed uh, no contract necessary let's put it that way um the, sure. the little MiFi device you know 40 dollars a month unlimited bandwidth is no more yeah, according to uh, Boy Genius Report, which if you guys have never gone to, I, re- I highly recommend BGR.com. 
but yeah, a conversation with PC Mag, Virgin Mobile made it known that its $40 per month truly unlimited data plan was going the way of the dodo, citing the need to implement network controls to ensure optimal experience, which basically means it was outselling its, its parent company, Sprint's MiFi a bit. The company said its $40 broadband to-go plan would now carry a monthly cap of 5 gigs since all Virgin Mobile subscribers are month-to-month. The new 5-gig cap will take effect on the first day of the new billing cycle, February 15th. Hmm. So there you go. I mean, 5-gig is still pretty good, but man, unlimited. Anytime you put a cap on something, you're always watching the meter. Yeah, not me. But what's nice about it being prepaid, I guess once you hit 5 gigs, it's done, huh? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the hopeful thing. There's anyway. no overcharge. There, which shouldn't, I guess- be. there shouldn't be. It's, you should be shut off right after you get to the 5 gigs, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, uh, or some of us will find out. But, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> the thing is, is I, I still feel that the Virgin Mobile MiFi is a great device um, you know, because there is no contract. I, I've used the $40 unlimited plan three times since I've had it, and it just sits there on the charger all the other times, ready to go whenever I need it. And I'm not paying forty dollars a month when I don't. So that's I what's love great that. about it, though. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's still it's still useful and still awesome to you. Oh, real quick, uh, BGR is saying that um, not only are the buttons possibly disappearing from the iPad, but uh, it looks like Apple's popular photo taking application Photo Booth will be appearing on the next iPad. It's also possible that we're going to see iLife apps for the uh, for iOS unveiled around the iPad 2's release as well. Nice. So I like that'd be kind of cool. Garage band, you know, I mean, people with like, you know, kids with guitars and grown ups with guitars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of, it's kind of fun. There's already really neat music app making applications on the iPad, but to have, uh, you know, to have that and even have, you know, iMovie, like a more full featured iMovie that, you know, good deal. Very cool stuff. Hey, we've got some uh, voicemail feedback here today and quite a bit of it actually. And the first call go is coming in from Steven regarding his uh, mobile me so check this out uh, I was calling you. tell you what let me start it over and actually turn the audio <laughs> up how's that hey cliff and chris this is steven cross calling in for help i've got a mac i'm responding to uh, the question from wayne henderson in episode 151 regarding mobile me and uh, cliff you mentioned that i was a proponent well, you believed I was a proponent of mobile me in the past or dot Mac or dot me or whatever it's called now. Uh, and I was. It's funny because I went back and looked in the uh, forum archives on gspn.tv to see because I know we had some discussions back and forth in the past. And back in July of 2009, so about a year and a half ago, I was still using mobile me and I was using it for the iDisk feature of syncing my primary business documents and stuff that I used every day between multiple computers. And since that time, I have switched over to Dropbox and am no longer using um, the iDisk feature from MobileMe for that any longer. Um, I think that uh, Dropbox works great. It's a great tool. So I really have no use now any longer for MobileMe, and uh, my account expires in like two weeks. And I will not be renewing it. I don't see any need to do it. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. There you go. Wayne Henderson called in. And, and so there's there's another person leaving the, the mobile me pack. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Although I, I have it on good authority <laughs> that our, our good friend Wayne has made this transition from 
MobileMe and iCal over to Google Cal and is now syncing that way. Yeah, Google Sync is just awesome. It is. And then I'm not happy about Chrome removing support for H.264. Do you know um, our our next thing that we have, what did you just say? <laughs> Google Chrome is removing built-in support for H.264. You're kidding me. Nope, they're going with their WebM photo, uh, streaming technology. So what does this mean for HTML5 videos that are using H.264 <laughs> encoding? Uh, you'll have to get a plug-in. You're kidding me. Or it'll flip over to Flash, which ironically they're not pulling out. Uh, they pulled out H.264 uh, because they said it's not open, yada, 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 but they're still supporting Flash. Huh. Flash is still built into to Chrome. When you download Chrome, you're downloading a, a, a its own Flash built into the browser. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a little um, hypocritical, if you ask me. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's really weird. Hmm. Oh well, we'll we'll see how that. Of course, the thing is, is I've not gone to. I'm I'm still embedding. I'm I'm still embedding stuff. You know that that like YouTube videos and doing things that way. But I was considering actually starting to host my own .mp, you know, my .mp4 videos uh, on my own ser- server and just using a uh, video player right there from my site and streaming those right, you know, directly off my servers. Yeah, I mean, well, Firefox has hasn't supported H.264 from the get go. Uh, they they support you know uh, Viora and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, WebM viewer that that no one uses. Hmm. Whatever. All right. Well, we'll see how things go. Anyway, um, the next call is from, and I. This is weird. This is so weird. I, I've known Anne from Journey, Germany, um, and of course she's not in Germany anymore. She's all over the place. But uh, the thing is, is I've known her for years. She's she and her sister came and stayed with us for quite some time, and I've always called her Anne. And check this out. She calls in and she says it's Anna. And so, and I, I am so sorry for always calling you Anne. So it tell me Anna, if, Anna short for Anna. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, so this is Anna in Germany or from Germany or actually not from Germany anymore. Or I guess she's still from Germany. And here's Anna or Anna. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Cliff. This is Anna from Germany. I am calling to leave some feedback for help. I got a Mac. First of all, I wanted to thank you for um, helping me to decide to finally go ahead and buy an iMac. Um, a few weeks ago, you helped me during a live show um, with a few questions I had left um, regarding the iMac. And um, so a few days later, I went and bought one. I love it. I did not buy the 27-inch um monitor because it would have been too big for my desk but i love the smaller one it's perfect i am i'm totally in love with it i could not be happier so thank you very much for you know pushing me into the right direction and then i have a question about automator um i'm not really sure what it is what i can use it for what its benefits are so do you use it maybe you could talk a bit about that and um enlighten me um i wish you two all the best for the year 2011 can you believe it's already 2011 
Um, and I hope you've had great Christmas holidays. Um, so bye-bye. All right, Anna, thank you so much for your feedback. And I'm so glad that you got an iMac and that you love it. And I would have to say that, you know, I was surprised that what, what is the the smaller one, the, the new smaller one? Is it 20, either 20, 21 or 24? I think it's 21 and a half inches. Yeah, that's probably that sounds right. So anyway, I, I got a smaller one for the family upstairs and I did not expect to like it as much as I do. But it's really awesome. <laughs> it really is. And 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 get this, uh today for well actually I I'll, I'll tell you we were doing some accounting work and doing some other things and Stephanie's like, you know, I you know, if I had the you know, if I had a MacBook or something like that, I could pay the bills down here, but I guess I'm going to have to go upstairs. And you know, the only th- it, it's so funny, we have uh the wireless keyboard, the wireless mouse and and it's and it's wireless internet. The only wire that goes to that 21 and a half inch iMac upstairs is the power cable. And so guess what we did? We unplugged, we turned it off, unplugged it and carried the thing down. I carried down the iMac. Stephanie carried down the keyboard and mouse, plugged it in and boom, she's got her mobile computer. (laughs) So, so today for full time mom, uh, she's going to leave it upstairs because McKenna plays on it while she's recording that show. But uh, McKenna will be in school in the afternoon when she comes down for Family from the Heart. So when it's fa- time for Family from the Heart, we're going to bring the, uh, her iMac down here so that she can interact in the chat room. <laughs> it, it, it literally is a, it, it's, it's a portable device, the 21 and a half inch iMac. It's, it's kind of Yeah, cool. there's, there's, a, there's a company that makes cases for that. Really? You, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's a backpack. <laughs> it's a backpack. I think it, uh, maybe Tom Bin makes them. I'm not sure. I, mean, I, I that might be it. I saw them. Um, gosh, a customer brought one in like that. And I'm like, holy cow. That's uh, funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I take it back and forth between work. I'm like, Geesh, I remember I when I first got my uh, my Mac, though, and I, I remember being a, you know confronted with this thing called Automator. And to be honest with you, and, and since I've had probably since two months after that, I've never I've never heard the term, nor have I even thought <laughs> of Automator since then. I, I know a little bit about it. It's where you can program, you know, you know, automated functions to take place for you. Like, for example, let's just say I have a, a task where I'm always going into a certain program, select or a certain. Fo- I open a certain folder. I select all the <clears> files and I tell it to do a certain task to each of these files over and over and over again. I can actually kind of automate that um using scripting and stuff like that and it's supposedly really easy but i never really got into it yeah it's one of those programs i don't ever ever use but uh yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like um using apple script but like kind of for easy use you know it's yeah automator it has a library of actions like file renaming and creating new email messages and stuff that you would have to do step by step by step. So if you've got like a whole bunch of files that you need to rename in sequential order, you can use this to do that. So it's one of those things. That I guess it's cool. And power, 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 power users use it and love it. Right. But I, I've never used it. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I don't think Anna that you will have to worry about using that unless um, you know. What I would do is 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 just go and look at. Don't they have some? websites where they already have some pre-programmed automator functions that you can just download yeah if you go to automator.us okay so go to automator.us 
take a look at those. Instead of building your own, you can kind of see what's already there. I think probably by seeing what's already there and then inspecting it, you could actually probably decide how to how to make them yourself. Um, I I've been I don't I don't consider myself to be a power user of a Mac, but I am certainly a heavy user of the Mac in 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 business application and um i and and i'm a mac only person and to this date i've never created i actually i I played around with automator for 20 minutes one day when i first had my mac and and i haven't played with it since there's also a thing it's called watch me do which you know let's say let's say for our show right you open up like uh chrome and uh, a couple other things and you set a couple little you know you get things kind of prepped for you there's like a handful of things you do every time yeah uh, you could you could have Automator watch you do that, and then create an action where you just have to hit one button and it opens all that for you. Gotcha, that's cool. So, yeah, and, and very cool, very cool stuff. All right, so so there you go. Hopefully that answers your question, and we are going to move on to the next call, which is from uh, Jeff Gentry. And uh, so let's go ahead and take that. Hey, this is Jeff Gentry, X Force Eleven, calling in for help. I got a Mac. Hey, Cliff and Chris, this is Jeff, and I uh, just wanted to comment about two things. Uh, first thing is Twitter for Mac, a.k.a. Tweety2. Um, I use Tweety on my both computers, my work and home, or my laptop, and I, I like it. Um, I'm more like Chris. I just want the little window. I don't need the big thing with the multiple feeds and things. So it worked really well for me. Well, here's the down point. I downloaded um, through the Mac App Store uh, on my laptop because I've got 10.6.6 on that. Um, worked just fine, you know, and I'm still playing around with the App Store, but everything I've seen so far is pretty good. Um, but there so far is no client for 10.5. And my Mac at work is an older Mac. It's a first-generation PowerPC, so I can't put 10 ticks on it. Mm. And the the problem I really see is there's nowhere that I've found where Twitter says, you know, we're not doing a version for 10.5 or any requirements about it. You know, the only way I've seen that you can get Twitter for Mac is through the App Store. Uh, I haven't seen a download link any other way. So, but they haven't really said you. We are not making this for ten five, or here's how to get it for ten five, or anything like that. So, I think that's kind of a lack of communication on on Twitter's part, and uh, I kind of would have expected a little bit better for. Well, those are my two cents. Have a great show, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, so yeah, Twitter. I guess in the Mac, uh, in the, in the new App Store, they they should have a place in there where they tell you what the minimum requirements are. Well, yeah, the thing is that the minimum requirements are ah, the there's minimum. no need for it since you know the only time the only people who can even install and use the App Store are those who have ten six. That's right. So how did he get? How did he get? Yeah, one, one computer's got one, one computer's got. Ten six, the other one's got ten five. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so now, if you still, if you still want to get a, a, a decent client, you can still download Tweety from eight bits dot com. A T E bits dot com. You can still get Tweety, which is you know Tweety one, which is 
Um, you can download it for free. Right. It, it, it'll still work. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, there, I think their, their reasoning is, is it's, it's in the app store that requires 10, six. So they don't, they feel like those, the, the app store kind of eliminates the need for requirements. Right. Does that makes sense so far. Yeah. Until, until they, th- until they like come out with 10, six, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden it, you need that one. So yeah. Okay. That, no, that makes sense. So, um, I have a question for you. Uh, Chris and I have a Mac mini sitting over here to my left that, that sometimes, you know, gets a little crazy on me and I need to, you know, reboot the system. Uh, it's running ten five eight right now and I bought snow leopard for mm-hmm. one of my other computers. I believe Yeah, I did because I needed it to get screen flow onto my old MacBook. Now my MacBook is as you know um totally demolished because of uh, a liquid spill accident in our home so my question is can i use that leopard disc and snow leopard disc and and put that onto my mac mini the one that the the one that's running is it just is it just a snow leopard disc i think so if it's just a snow leopard disc I'm not saying that you can, but I'm not telling you that. Let's just say that Mac OS 10 is not serialized. Okay. So, so technically speaking, you're supposed to buy it for each computer. But I mean, we've had this conversation before. It, it's it's kind of like you know you're on the honor system here. Exactly. And and what it, you have to deal with your conscience. But uh, in this case, you know, I'm no longer able to to use Snow Leopard on that system. So, hmm. yeah. Right. Then, uh, then I guess you could transfer it. You know. There you go. All right. So, uh, and, and those, and those who have leopard and, and, you know, have an, an Intel system, snow leopard is $30. So yeah, it's not that and it's worth the, it's worth the upgrade. I, I think it's it. You free up some hard drive space. Um, and I just think it works better. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to John for calling in. He called in. It was about, it was just a little over a two minute phone call, but it's every, everything in his phone call is exactly what we talked about as the biggest story of the day which was the Verizon iPhone, and he touched on the fact that you can't make uh, phone calls use data at the same time and, and pretty much everything else that we've already talked about. So I, just wanna, I do want to say thanks to uh, John in Houston, Texas, for calling in, and, and he pretty much has everything to say that, that we had already shared about the phone. So mm-hmm. uh, in, in the efforts of uh, trying to keep the show uh, with a reasonable link, we have one, actually we have one more voicemail and we have uh, an email that uh, I'm going to let Chris read up on so that um, perhaps he might be able to read it for us. All right, so so uh, let's see here. This is Mitchell, and uh, let's see what he has hey, to Cliff say. Hey, Cliff and Chris. Mitchell Boxeth here calling in for help. I got a Mac. I have been a Mac user for about six years, and I am definitely all Apple. Uh, I love my iPhone, my Mac, my iPod. Anyways, uh, got a question about um, maybe a possible replacement for iDVD. I like to make lots of home videos of my kids throughout the year, and at the end of the year, I um, like to put them all on a DVD and then send it to my family. And um, the only gripe that I have about iDVD is that once you put all the videos on there, there's not the option to play all. And I would like to be able to have the option to either watch the video separately or to play all. And um, that's not an option for iDVD. So wondering if you have any type of suggestions for a replacement. Uh, thanks so much. Love what you guys do. Keep up the good work. And we'll talk to you later. Be blessed, my friends. All right. IDVD possible alternative. Do you know of any? 
I'm looking and seeing if Premier Elements um, offers that. That Premier Elements is is kind of a replacement for iMovie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm looking real quick here. Premier and while you're Elements. there, I'm actually I just went, opened up the Mac App Store, and I'm clicking on here uh, DVD XDV regular import DV DVD video into your editing systems, mobile phones. Okay has become an industry standard so no that doesn't that's not it i would i would try to maybe you can download a trial of uh premiere elements nine and see if that works for you normally they're they're the way their trials work is they give you the full the full thing um just for a limited time so i, I would give that a shot uh, just go to adobe.com and do a search for premiere elements and uh, see if that works it looks like you can do some stuff with dvd uh, you can also do things where you can make like a web version of DVD of a DVD, which is kind of cool too. So a web yeah. version of a DVD, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Now you can create web DVD viewing experiences for friends and family. And it, it kind of has like a little demo. I guess you can make, it'll output a web page so you can, you can have all the videos on your website or whatever, and then they can watch them just like a DVD. So very cool. Hey, um, have you played around with the uh, Mac Store anymore? The Mac App Store? Uh, I updated my Tweety app okay. or my Twitter app. That's that's the last thing I, I've done in the Mac App Store. All right. So, but updates were, were painless. So okay. So I, I now I have purchased a um, I have purchased a program, and I think it was ninety nine cents. I purchased i ringtones. Now I know that you can make ringtones for free in GarageBand, but it's not as easy as using i ringtones. So um, I, I went ahead and bought that, and the reason I bought that is because my daughter was sitting there buying these ringtones for however much they are, and and she was only getting you know thirty or forty seconds of the song. Whereas I told her, I said, why don't you just buy the full song and we can turn it into a ringtone? And then of course yeah. you know I'd have to go into GarageBand and I'd have to create the loop and i have to choose and whereas um the whole the application called i ringtones uh you just drag the file on top of there and you you just move the little slider left and right and and say okay add to my itunes library and boom it's done so that's cool but boom goes the dynamite exactly so my question and i wonder if you know the answer to this um since you haven't played around with it a whole lot uh if you buy an application on one of your computers yes are you able with the same apple id and app store installed on all your other macs are you able to install all of your same software on all computers you own yes so let's just say now ScreenFlow's not in here yet right not yet all right so let's just say ScreenFlow for 99 dollars was in was in the app store Mm-hmm. I buy it for ninety nine dollars, but then I could actually put it on all my computers. If they were in the App Store, yeah, that's part of the the deal with the App Store is uh, buy one for all your Macs. And I actually think that Apple says that on their site, Apple dot com slash Mac slash Apps dash Store. Going to the interwebs. All right, <clears throat> let's see. Click once to download and install any app on your Mac. Let's see. Install IQ apps up to date. You can install apps on every Mac you use and even download them again. This is especially convenient when you buy a new Mac and want to load it with apps you already own. That is awesome. It is awesome. Can I just say that is awesome? You know, that, that really, 
is cool. The only thing is, though, is I, I, you know, I think that might be the reason why I'm not seeing a lot of the cool software that I would really like to see in the App Store in the App Store yet. Yeah, well, it's also you know new days. I'm I, I haven't reached out to to my friends at uh, at Telestream yet. I'm doing some stuff for them, but I haven't talked to them about uh, about that yet. So, all right, well, there's there's kind of a cool program though. Kid Picks 3D, which is I guess you can. What's that do? It's the number one drawing and painting creativity software. Mm-hmm. Easy path animations let 3D characters hop, jump, and fly around the screen. You put your, you can put. I guess you can make a little movies and put your own face in it. And I don't know. It's fifty bucks though. <laughs> <laughs> apps, apps are not any cheaper no. uh, on the app store than they were in the store, which is fine. You know, I mean, it, to me, it's if they want to charge that much, they want to charge that much. I don't think yeah. it's a race to the bottom on this store. So not yet. I bet you it will become though. I I, I do believe I, you're right. This this does not have the same effect. But um, I do believe we will see some more competitive pricing, and I think I, th- I think the st- store. I still believe my initial prediction of the fact that we'll see pricing on applications go lower uh, happen as a result of this. Yeah, and, but I think uh, you know there's some really cool apps on here already. I just, just looking around. I just looked. Uh, there's one called Mind Node M I N D N O D E with no space in the middle for Mac. Okay. This uh-huh. is it's a mind mapping uh, software for free in the in the in the. You uh, love that mind mapping software. I do, I do. <laughs> Although I would just use MindMeister, but uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and there's some games and stuff. I mean, uh, it, it, there's a couple of cool games on here. Uh, the Precipice of Darkness is really good. I'm waiting until they get like Civilization or you know Ages yeah. of the Empires and. and well, the thing like is, uh, if you really if you really really want games on the Mac. Uh, and want it easy to download and be able to re-download it, just download Steam. Yeah. Steam's, oh. Steam's the Mac app store for games, really. I got another question for you. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. What happens if you install some soft, you, you, you in, let's just say I have a Mac and I have all this, and I have all the software on it. Yes. And in it, and the app store is registered to my you know, email, you know, my Apple account. Okay. And then I give my computer to my mom, you know, hoping she can benefit from all the software that's already on there. But she decides to create a different Apple ID and then she logs in. Does that then disable all access to those apps that were purchased under my ID? Uh, I bet you it does. I bet you it does. I bet you as soon as you go to launch one of those programs, it'll say, hey, please log in with the user with the Apple ID that these are registered to. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it would make sense that it would mm. do that, you know, because technically, let's say you, you know, let's say you you have a Mac, you loaded up with a bunch of apps and you gave it to somebody. Technically, you know, you should remove those apps because yeah. they're not, per- you know, I don't and, know, especially if you've got them on your on your other computer. You know what I mean? Now, Daniel's saying, no, it doesn't disable and he doesn't think it, that it does. So, um, you know, I'd like to know if somebody could definitively tell us, you know, if that's the case. You know, I, I guess uh, the only way to do that is to go ahead and, um, you know, probably some of us has more than one uh, Apple ID. But then to go in and buy an Apple product, uh, an App Store um, application, run it, set it up, you know, start saving some data in there and then go and 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 set up a different Apple ID in the App Store. Download some free applications, leaving that one logged in, and then trying to uh, use that other application that you purchased. 
Now, someone in our chat room does make a good good note that the App Store does require you to log in before updating programs, yeah. which I, I did notice. So, the, the, you know, all the apps could work. They just may not have, like, the most up, updated versions. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So, anyway, that, I, I mean, I, not that I'm looking to do anything. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, this is all new stuff, and these are questions that, you know, might come up. So, all right. Do you, wanna, do you mind reading Chrissy's uh, iMovie woes? Not at all. Cool. Hey, Cliff and Chris. I'm having trouble with my MacBook Pro 13-inch with a 500-gig hard drive that I bought in October. Back in December, I had an issue with it slowing down. One day it froze up and wouldn't start again. At the Genius Bar, they fixed it. Uh, at the Genius Bar, they fixed it, said there were a few minor issues that were now fixed. Since then, I've made a movie and iMovie using photos and music. The computer froze up twice after the computer was fixed while playing the movie and iMovie. The movie's about six minutes with a couple different songs, photos, and transitions. This week I had a one-on-one appointment and a Genius Bar appointment. Uh, I made this for a separate problem. At the one-on-one appointment, the iMovie was moving so slowly that the trainer took me to the Genius Bar early. The trainer got me a new one-on-one appointment after I finished with my Genius. It took 20 minutes or so to unsuccessfully export the the movie to iDVD. At the Genius Bar, the computer was moving slowly, but not nearly as slowly as, as it was when I was working with the trainer. The genius spent quite a bit of time working with the computer, but didn't find anything wrong with my computer. He thinks that the problem is either the original movie file was somehow corrupted or my iPhoto collection is too large. 26,000 files equaling a little over 50 gigs and was slowing down iMovie. His suggestion was to take it to make a second iPhoto library for iMovie to access just the stuff that I would work on the iMovie project with. When I went to my one-on-one session, they told me I couldn't do that and I should just put pictures on an external drive and only keep an iPhoto I'm using for the project. I don't agree with that. Um, I have a couple problems with that, and I'm hoping you guys are somehow in the community might have a better idea. I was thinking of keeping my entire photo collection on the hard drive separate from iPhoto. I would also maintain a smaller collection of my photos in my iPhoto library. Do you think it would help speed up iMovie and stop it from freezing, or is there something else I could do? Thanks, Christy from Long Island. Hmm. Sounds to me like she's got some hardware problems. Yeah, I think so too. Um, iMovie... Or iPhoto can store 250,000 photos without it having an issue. It used to be a a limit of 25,000, but they've upped it, you know, as of late. Um, Especially since you bought it in October, you've got the newest version of iLife in there. Yeah. Um, A corrupted movie could cause a problem because when you open up iMovie, it opens up the last project you were working on. Mm -hmm. So that might be. A way to to check is to take that movie that's in your I think it's in your movies folder and move it out of the movies folder, that project, and see what happens then. Right. You know, if there's something wonky in your clip bin or something like that, that might cause an issue too. Um, iMovie's one of those things I don't use enough to know uh, if that would work or not. Yeah, I mean, so I would try that too. Yeah, I would try. I would. That's the, that was I, the only thing I could recommend is is you know completely removing that that movie, all traces of that movie that's giving you the problem, and and then uh, you know giving it a try from scratch and seeing if you can do something new with you know basically recreating you know step by step exactly what you were trying to do. But uh, that could be a lot of work. But it's probably a lot less work than you know going back and forth to the Apple Store three more times to have them tell you they can't do anything. Um, but man, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, you know, if it's not a corrupted thing, I, I think that she may have possibly have a hardware issue. Of course, she didn't say what the problems were that they fixed, but, um, you know, yeah. that, that's something I would have asked them, you know, is like, Hey, okay, or go back and ask them cause they've got logs of all that. Don't they? 
Yeah, it, they do. It, it's just hard to really that. That's just a weird problem to diagnose from their standpoint. You know, there's only so many things they can do to test the hardware, right? So, and if it's just that one program, I don't know. May, maybe uh, back everything up and then reinstall everything, which is kind of a pain, but that might work. Um, one more thing that the chat room is saying: a, a good alternative to iDVD is Roxio Toast. Oh, there you go. A little more expensive, um, but. Uh, yeah, it does. It does a lot of stuff. So the question is, does it allow you to do the whole play all or it whatever? does? It does. Yeah. Uh, the price is $80 for Roxio Toast 10. Uh, it does a lot of cool things, though. Like if he wants to copy DVDs and stuff to his computer, it, uh, it does that, too. So uh, if you want to back up all your movies and stuff, especially if you have kids, I, I know some people who have kids who back up all their DVDs because the kids scratch them. Yeah. So they pack them up so they can put them on iPods and I, iPads and stuff like that instead. Well, there you go, my friends. That is another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. And, of course, uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead and give let you in on some new information. And uh, be, 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 stay, be, 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 be. Anyway. Be, 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 be. Be, 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 There you go. See? Anyway. That's the news. Stay tuned until next week. Stay tuned until, yeah. Just listen next week. Do me a favor. And listen to the big announcement that'll be made on pretty much every show. But uh, here's here's the good news. I want to go ahead and just tell you this. Regardless of one little decision that I'm ready to make, uh, I still have one decision to do. But um, one thing's for certain. From this point forward, um, every episode of Help I Got a Mac, from this point forward, starting in 2011, moving forward, is free. What? What? I know. Uh-huh? uh-huh. And if you happen to be a gspn.tv plus member and you're wondering what that means to you, please stay tuned until next week when I will be making the full announcement. And if you want to hear why I'm waiting for that announcement uh, as to what decision I'm going to make, go over to Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast episode number 486 and have a listen. Is anyway. that the one where you talk about the, the giant truck of money coming to your house next week? <laughs> Actually, no. It's the one where I'm worried about a big giant truck coming to take some money <laughs> away from my house. But uh, anyway, folks, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to let you know. I just want to let you know. Some, some exciting things are happening here. And uh, I'm looking forward to making a big, huge announcement sometime between now and uh, the time when we record the show next week. Yes. But, uh, yeah, anyway, exciting things are about to happen. Thank you, Chris. This has been an awesome show with lots of wonderful information. And, of course, we'll do it again next week. And if you want to give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline, you can do so at 859-795-4067. Again, yeah, this- did you notice how much better the show was with feedback? It was a lot. Get that number again. 859-795-4067. Yes. Give us a call. And until next time, my friends, we encourage you to join the community.